Welcome to the Pixel Classroom podcast where we talk about passion, innovation, epilepsy awareness, entrepreneurship, gaming, and more. This educational podcast is meant for everyone out there looking to expand their horizons, learn for about pop culture news, and more. And I am your host, Ryan Reed. And you can look more on my classroom website at classroomsnextlevel.wordpress.com, better known as Dice Up the Classroom. Now, let's get into the most latest episode. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pixel Classroom Podcast. We are on episode 98. I can't believe it. Episode 98. We might have a big 100 episode coming here pretty soon. Yeah. Woohoo. Well, for that, actually, I thought I would actually bring in a friend of mine who I've actually talked to many times and uh, been part of uh, other types of uh, podcasts and vidcasts here. Um, He is the co-founder, or should I say, he's pretty much the head guy of SpideyDo.com. If you've ever wondered about that too, he is an amazing website. Everything from Spider-Man to, of course, everybody's favorite Spider-Man clone, Ben Riley, who I am also a fan of. He also co-hosts not only the Spider-Do Network, but also Mayday Mondays with our friend Kelly. And shout out to you there, Kelly. Uh, make my Mayday. Make, yeah, my, make mayday. my Mayday. Thank you, Zach. Yes. That's a good one. Oh, anyhow, let me do that air horn. There we go. Now we got it. <laughs> Mayday um, Mondays was our, our first Mayday show we did on the network. But that's uh, why I'm all mixed up too. I just yes. and, we'll, and we'll talk a little bit about that in the episode here. But I would like to make my friend and uh, very hardworking dad and husband himself, uh, Zach Joiner, here to the Pixel Classroom. Zach, welcome to the show here. It's such an honor and a privilege to be here. Um, I have known Ryan, I think gosh almost 20 years i remember you from the the message boards back oh, in the day God, it has been that long wow yeah because i joined crawl space um helped co-found that show too in 2006 uh but i joined the crawl space in 03 so mm-hmm. and and i left uh in 2020 but but yeah and then i remember talking with you on the spider girl message board and the spider-man message board as well as crawl space. So yeah. Um we got a very vast network over at Spidey Dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to agree, but yeah, it's it's hard to believe you're right. It's been 20 years. I it's well it's a little over 20 years if I really want to throw into. I mean, it's 2022 now. So yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I didn't think of the time. I, I mean, um, you know, the thing, but Brad was on last season and we were talking about the time we were on there too. And I was just like, whoa, is it been that long? And wow. Yeah, I had I stayed because I left in 2020, right? Um, this year would have been six, this would have been the 15th year, uh, that I've been on the show. Uh, and I, I had a couple of starts and stops, um, here and there, but almost 15 years uninterrupted on the show, on that show. Uh, but I, I, I left there to just kind of go do my own thing and, uh, we launched Spidey Dude Experience in 2020. We launched Make My Mayday in 2020. Um, we've got, uh, we finished Spectacular Radio, um, mm-hmm. and we're going to be finishing CS Clone Saga Chronicles um, later on this year. And we're also uh, about to launch season two of ASM Classics. Um, the first season of the show was with Don and Josh and, and uh, John Wilson, Donovan 
Grant and, and Joshua Lappin-Bertoni. That season, we got all the episodes on our network, and then we're going to do season two with uh, Javi and Jack Trujillo. And so I know you've done some episodes of Crawl Space with him. Uh, he is him and his son, Jack, are kind of starting over from the beginning. And then uh, Voices from the Erie uh, Gargoyles podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, that Yeah. Tell us about that one. If anybody knows, it's the Disney Gargoyle series from the mid 90s, which was uh, on towards the towards the end of my high school life. Uh, hard to believe. Too, which mm-hmm. was 26. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, if we count the year they start because they started mid-season so yeah yeah so um greg weisman was the um creator executive producer of the show uh he did our spectacular radio show um starting in 2014 and then we ended it last year where we covered all 26 episodes of the spectacular spider-man cartoon and we you know really early on we knew that once we finished spec radio that that uh Bashansky, Greg Bashansky, the host, and Greg Wiseman were going to be really interested in doing a uh, a gargoyle show, and so um, him and Jennifer L. Anderson they they do that show, and it's great, uh, really great show. It's a different beat than what we did with Spec Radio, um, and I think that it, it just it adds a very big uniqueness. There are some great guests that are fingers crossed. Uh, we have one guest that we've booked that's uh if it goes to fruition uh star trek fans will know him uh yes <laughs> i've uh, crossed my fingers for that too because uh no and i know there was a certain former star trek actor i almost got on this show which unfortunately fell apart too not the one we're thinking i'm thinking about but yes it was a, a next generation actor that unfortunately uh, situation yeah this is also out. a next gen actor um and so uh but they're they're busy right now and so um mm-hmm. hopefully that later on this month they'll be able to get that recording done but um fingers crossed but there's that um and then we have a new show that's about to join the network um i have not announced that one yet but um so we've got i think i was, I was counting up i think i almost have eight shows now because neil bogan writer uh, my yeah. co-host on spider experience uh he has his show bogan writer variety hour uh, and then Paul Herman uh, hosts on his channel, the Comic Binge podcast. Oh, yes. And so that the Comic Binge is related, but it's not part of technically part of the network. Um, but yeah, they're they're all we're all busy. <laughs> yeah, and that's but, really interesting, too. I mean, one thing is we didn't really have a full explain the whole thing, but what Zach has been doing for a long time. But uh, one thing was, of course, the Clone Chronicles and uh, many more people have researched Spider-Man over the last several years about everything else too. But, you know, it's really interesting. I, I had this talk with Jeff Westoff. He was on a few episodes ago and we were talking. Yeah, about I this. love Jeff. Jeff. Jeff's a really great guy. We were, we, him and I were like, it's like I said, old friends coming together and just having a field day about things. But we talked a lot about Spider-Girl. We talked a lot about Spider-Man. And what's really interesting, Zach, is you, know, you started off like me when I came back to the comics in the 90s and high school, back to high school again. I came in with the Clone Saga again, and it was a kind of thing. But it was interesting, Ben Riley, who was the clone of Spider-Man and the fan base, too. But it's also interesting about the markets left on now. Especially if you go back to the original clone story, which, you know, we're talking about late 70s, which my dad read when he was finishing college. So he remembered that story. He was when I told him about that back when I was in high school, he looked at me like, wait, what? That 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 storyline happened when I was finishing at Northern back in 70 this. And I went, 
yeah, it's the same story. He's like, wow, okay, cool. Yeah, but yeah. what led to that love to make, you know, Ben kind of a fixture for a lot of your Spidey Do and Clone Chronicles that's kind of led us to all this stuff right now that you're, I'm, you, you know, know when, you are busy. <laughs> yeah, when I started with Brad, uh, we started, like I said, we started in 06, and then we did that for about three years. It, Joshua Bertoni um, reached out to me and said, hey, would you be interested in doing a clone show? And I said, yeah, like, but I, the clone saga, my very first comic period was spectacular Spider-Man 223 by Tom DeFalco and Sabi Sima. And unfortunately, Bill Sienkiewicz was the one that did the finish inks on it. Right. Um, but it, in the back, you had also John Romita Jr. and Al Williamson and doing the backup story because that was the same month that, uh, the uh, genetically altered actress Aunt May uh, passed away, so we we affectionately called that episode "The Death of the Actress." Uh, really absurd uh, retcon that came later, but it was supposed to be Aunt May dying, right? And um, so I got that issue at a Homeland supermarket because my dad was really annoyed that I was obsessed with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> and wanted me to to be like, if he's gonna read. Like I'll get him into comics and I'm going to read the comics that I read when I was a kid. Like my dad and my uncles had the first X-Men issues, the first Fantastic Four issues, the first appearance of Spider-Man. They had all those issues. Uh, they read them so much the covers fell off. But I told them uh, when I told them how much the Amazing Fantasy 15 issues were going at auction. Uh, I think my uncle about had a heart attack. I, I know and my, my uncle and my grandfather, my grandfather was the big comic, especially being in war. And they read a lot of the comics and everything. That's actually, because believe it or not, the books he got me really into early on. Spider-Man just jumped on me from the cartoon and the comics and amazing friends in the 81 series. You know, it's funny. I've learned so much more and I did CSC. We started in 09. Um, it took us 10 years to get to the clone saga, but there was a lot of side quests as I, as oh, I so, yeah. so, put it we also had like two like pretty long sabbaticals um like it was an 18 month long gap between us uh releasing episodes just because we were transferring from being on a free service free podcasting service to producing it on the website mm -hmm. uh then we had another delay whenever my web domain got snatched up by some uh Japanese poachers that like to poach domains and sell herbs using them yep um <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're not making this up come on <laughs> uh, this is the, this is too stupid a story to make up i'm, I'm, I'm not kidding um but you know between doing that stuff with brad and then and then josh and i starting we just we took off and then in 2014 we started spec radio and, and mayday mondays at the time uh and it became a network uh basically overnight <laughs> and because greg Bashansky had the connections with Greg Wiseman. We were able to do, you know, what I feel like is the definitive spectacular Spider-Man cartoon show. Um, and uh, it was really funny as we were preparing to do the season finale, the series finale, you know, that was when the save the hashtag started with save spectacular Spider-Man. And mm -hmm. so there was all these people that were trying to, you know, will a season three to life. And, and that show just, it's a unique show because it's a Spider-Man show that was co-produced by Sony and Marvel, but Sony owns every bit of that show because yeah, they're they the ones that, that did it. Copyrights and everything on that. They do. They own the, they own the, the character designs, the voice. I mean, they own the voice acting on it. They own the, yeah. 
animation. They own the the music tracks. I mean, they own all of that. Um, and that's what really it, they're basically Disney slash Marvel would have to make a deal with Sony in the reverse of what they did with the live action rights. And I think just because people think that live action, the live action crew can work with Disney that it can just magically happen. And I'm like, no, it's not profitable no. for either side. And therefore it's not going to make money. Uh, but don't tell those people that. And when I had a 30 or a 25 minute breakdown by Greg Wiseman, where he broke it down, him and Vic cook about why there just can't be a season three and you clip that and you send the clip to them and it's like, well, we don't care because our headcanon tells us something that it's is possible when I, I literally I, I was talking to this one guy and I was like on Twitter and I and granted it's Twitter. So, you you know, right. Low expectations. Yeah, I, you should have low expectations. This is when I, I pretty much realized that Twitter is accessible after this interaction. But I broke it down because he was comparing Young Justice and Spec, and I said Young Justice was owned mm. by Warner Brothers. They own the means of distribution. They own the means of animation. They own the intellectual property of the characters that they're using. They own everything right. start to finish. Yeah. Sony doesn't own anything other than this specific Spider-Man, and they don't have the rights to do animation at all. Right, and that, <laughs> other and than other than the movie. Understand. Yeah. Yeah. Other than a movie that they had to get like special permission to do. Yeah. And I've broken this down with my own kids about tell, explaining to them. It's like, if you look at the current Spider-Man and I, I throw this out all the time when we talk about copyrights and um, plagiarism, as well as, you know, rights as consumer. Right. But that said, you can't do it. I said, I, I, I actually asked my class last month, say, how many have watched Mar you know, Masters Universe Revelations, they all rose their hands. Like, do you want to know why they were able to do that? Even though they were able to do a relaunch, never works. Like, why? It's like, because Mattel still owns those rights. There was things to the Four Horsemen and a few other things. But when Mattel says, okay, you can use our characters, but you, it, but it's like either you can, Mattel's holding the thing. But if they say, well, we want to tell a continuation of the story, that's what led to a lot of things with Kevin Smith and everybody else versus the 2003 series. Like, well, we just want to do it with a more updated model. Will, will it work? And they said, oh, as long as you're doing that model and keeping the characters basis, we won't stop you. And that's kind of you know where that yeah, works. It's one of those things where people don't understand the complexity of rights issues and why the, 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 the MCU Spider-Man deal was such a miracle. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, because of the amount of egg that Sony had on their face because of the email scandal, uh, and wow. then being leaked by the allegedly the North Koreans, they were they were in a rut, and they weren't gonna. We don't have Morbius, the movie coming out, right, exactly, or Venom, without them making that deal and having enough profitability on the Holland films to be able to create those. And that's exactly it. And, and even it, really, the Holland films also brought you the latest Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, mm -hmm. you know, film. Uh, too, because after the 2015 reboot, it just didn't work. Right. So you, I, I, yeah. So so that's all. That was always a fascinating thing. And then when they, those two were like, "Hey, we're doing a gargoyle show," I'm like, "You guys have at it." I I remember watching gargoyles. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was a kid, I think it was mainly season three. Which but when it was on ABC Saturday morning. Yeah, Saturday after or you know afternoons. Yeah, but season three is obviously. The season, it's like Voldemort of uh, Gargoyles fandom. They don't speak of it. <laughs> <Yep>. uh, <laughs> it's tough. 
It's very, very taboo, uh, and they're going to get to it. But so they, they started that. But to get back to, you know, how did uh, my fandom start? You know, I started with that. My dad, you know, demanded that, you know, I read Spider-Man. I read Spider-Man. I was hooked. Um, I was born a twin. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ben Riley and Peter being, you know, twin brothers was something that appealed to me. Um, and I'm, I'm going to do a video on the YouTube channel where I kind of explain in a video essay, hopefully in 10 minutes, how, why does the, what does the clone saga mean to me? Mm-hmm. Um, because there's some complexities that, that, that I I'll go into, but you know, having a twin and it, my twin was born with uh cerebral well, not born with cerebral palsy, but three weeks after we were born, she developed cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you have a, not only do you have a perfect clone, but you have a imperfect clone in the story. Um, there's a lot of elements to that that I identified with very quickly. And I just liked, also, I liked the costume design. I liked the yeah. way Scarlet Spider's costume was. And you know, when we, when dad and I started Spidey Dude way back in 1998, uh, it'd be, you know, it was one of those things. It was literally done on a lark. My dad wanted me to have Spider-Man on my homepage whenever I booted it up the browser. <laughs> and I asked the uh, eternal question, can anybody else see it? And he's like, well, no, it's just you. And I, I, I said, is it possible? And he goes, Maybe. And so that's when he's, you know, literally my dad getting into to computers and, and technology like that was pure trial and error. Right. Um, he, I remember I got my first Windows machine because of my grandfather and my dad crashed it within a week <laughs> of us owning it and literally spent like a hundred and over a hundred dollars in long distance charges calling my uncle, my great uncle and him walking my dad through how to restore everything. Oh, wow. Um, on the phone. And so all because he was trying to install some, this is something the kids th- today do not know anything about a screensaver, a Spider-Man screensaver. That's what caused my dad to completely crash my computer. Cause he deleted a file. He wasn't supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> so now some of my uh, kids, you know, I'm a tech teacher, but it's just like, I look at them too. Like you do not know what we went through when I, we were your age. <laughs> and it's funny because when my, my dad started the site, one of the things he, he, even when we got high speed internet, one of the things he still had a dial up line that he had in place to ensure that when he was running things that the website would load quickly for dial-up users and high-speed users. Hmm. Uh, of course, back then, the, the, we're not nearly as image-heavy and graphics-heavy as we are now. Right. The amount of evolution that we've seen, that you and I have seen, particularly, because we're around the same age. You're a little older than me, but we're around the same age. Um. We have seen a massive rate of just computer computerization of our lives. I mean, the the, the I have a I have an iPhone 13 Pro Max, right? Yeah, exactly. This, yeah, this this machine in my hand is about 30 times more powerful than my first computer. My which was a Tandy 3000 than my original too, and it was so funny. I was at a conference. Back when the Apple Watch 2 had just come out 
And he was, and my friend, Tony Vincent, who's also been on this podcast. I just like to have my friends on podcasts, but yeah. he was, he had a picture of his old fifth grade classroom. He was a fifth grade teacher. He had an Emac. Remember the white Emacs, which was my big upgrade from the old, mm-hmm. you know, Emacs, you know, the nineties colored Emacs. I had the strawberry one and he yeah. said himself, he, and he ran through exactly what that Emac and he, he pauses and says, my watch right now has three times that power than that thing ever had. <laughs> And that's exactly what we're talking about right now. I mean, the, the the upcoming, I mean, the Mac mini that is out now is as powerful as the supercomputers of the 90s. Exactly. With the power efficiency that they're able to get on the amount of chips. That's why, honestly, that's why I'm super concerned about the Taiwan situation because of the amount of chips that are um, in danger of being, mm-hmm. you know, uh, destroyed because of a potential war with China. Um, and the processes would set us back a decade or more. Um, if we lose that capability, because everybody uses, uh, the TAMC, right. For everything, Samsung, Apple, Tesla, everybody uses their systems because their systems have been developed. And granted, these American companies have poured this money in here. Right. Um, and they've put everybody's put the eggs in the basket, and guess what? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you know um, hold on to your iPhones that you've got right now and hope you don't break them because getting parts may be an issue later on. Yeah, um, exactly. I'm not saying that to you know I, I'm not trying to get political. Obviously, it's oh not no, we never podcast. really do. We talk about it though. I mean, um, the episode just aired with Julie Smith. I mean, we did it, but we talked about it. I mean, very listen. I had it here. I just you know I try to get here too because I've seen them thing. But that is a current thing too. And like me. Who teaches consumer ed that we had to talk about that just like you know this is yeah. recorded on the third this will air next on march 7th you know we got the ukrainian war going on i'm hoping a year from now it's a whole different story or hopefully three weeks from now it's a different story but, you, know, you know that is something I, that does impact us in the whole things and the networks and the pieces and what we're, we're using right now which is the computers. Oh, trust trust me as somebody that has grown up in the oil and gas industry and then lives now in the oil capital of the United States, uh, the Houston general area. Um, trust me when I say it, you, your $3 gallon gasoline, there's a lot to it. Oh yeah. And as somebody that's grown up in the midstream world, but that's what my dad has done for over 40 years. Uh, and I've been around everybody from the, from the drillers to the, uh, guys that run the drills to the guys that work the midstreams and, and the distribute. And I've been inside the power plants. Okay. I've lived a very weird <laughs> eclectic life when it comes to my working career and my life, knowing all of those things, I can tell you that energy policy is a very complex thing. Yeah. And a lot of people just like to assume things and, I could spend two hours discussing why pipelines are better than trucks, but you can't get a lot of people to understand that. No, you, I'd much rather, if you give me the option of hauling it over the road or giving me a pipeline, I'm going to give you the pipeline option every time. Right. Um, Even though that requires a lot of, you know, moving things and stuff like that. But um, you know, it's, it's crazy that that's what we're, we're experiencing right now. And, you know, I am all for, I, I believe 
my my philosophy people are like what is your philosophy because they're like oh you just want oil and gas i'm like no i'm i'm i'm, I'm the all the above type of guy right uh i i want green and dirty like i want i want us to be diversified i believe a right. diversified I, I think diversify is probably the best way to say that diversify energy source too. I mean, like we had the clean energy bill signed in Illinois, which was needed. We mm -hmm. had power plants. We had two of those power plants about to close down that save. And I still have people that say, Oh yeah, I'm just going to leave it the clean thing. Like uh, the power plant save. In fact is the way we've done this now is a better thing back versus like, Oh, nuclear power, bad, bad. Be like the Simpsons. Don't be like Monty Burns, but it's like, no, it's a whole different. And I try to explain this too, but I always tell them like, I'm not the expert. Like if I was going to do everything with the energy industry from fossil to Solar wind. Guess whose number I give them? I give them you. You've been there. You've seen it, or your dad. <laughs> I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's but it's it's, it's one mean. of those things. Yeah, it's just like when I do a talk about FASFA. I explain to you, but guess what I do? I bring in my FASFA experts into right. the classroom and have her explain everything because I understand it. They don't understand yeah. it, and I can't give out the words that make make sense. And like I said, one thing I like with this podcast is about education. Like I said, I'm not picking any sides. I'm not going anything, but right here, that's no. an example of like our education here with Spider-Man or the clone saga and everything. And I know we'll talk a little bit, you know, we'd rather not be on too long because our wives don't want us to be on this long. <laughs> yeah. We were, we're both married and, and, and they both need a computer kids, with kids and dogs. Exactly. <laughs> and exactly. Computer. We're, we're limited to how many computers we're allowed in this house and internet. Uh, speaking of uh, training, eventually I, I want to make enough money to where I'm, I'm, I'm able to afford you know my my wife to have her own space and and her own you know laptop and and uh you know so she can do her little crafty things because she's got you know cricket and well, um, I, yeah we have a cricket right over here too same thing but yeah i'm also a steam teacher and, and truthfully like my wife right now is an aide but she she's you know done a lot of teaching in uh, she's done a lot of education teaching her education is in teaching uh, words. What are they? Uh, yeah, so <laughs> this is not on the test, everybody. <laughs> right. So, so, you know, she's, she's one of those that, you know, uh, she's trying to find her way in the education world. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think and it's it, a good it, way of putting it. Yeah. And it's a very interesting time, no matter where you are in the education world, even people like me, I mean, I've been doing this almost 12 years. I've looked at instructional coaching, more ministry. I have a doctorate. So, you know, you would have yeah. talked to me 20 years ago reading. And, and by the way, yeah. I, I said this to you privately. I'm going to say it publicly. I'm so proud of the work that you did to get that doctorate. I know how long it took you to get that and the amount of struggles that it took you to get that. And, uh, you know, friend to friend, I am super proud of you that you you were able to finally get that Ph.D. And, and, and uh, you know, I can call you Dr. Reed, um, you know, and uh, so I'm just, you know, watching your journey and having been around you for you know gosh almost 20 years um i i'm super um super proud of you as a friend and and just really happy to see that you were able to get that i know and i know that was a lot of work so it, it, it was my, my cousin has two because she wants to be a, I, I joke that she just wants to be a professional student <laughs> um, that's what I've been accused of many times and I'm getting an instructional certificate this summer. So go figure. <laughs> Keep those loans away. <laughs> right. Right. You just, you just, you just, you're delaying the inevitable, you know, oh, snap. Um, but yeah, no, I, I get it. Um, but yeah, no, my, my time with the clone saga that led into spider girl, my love of spider girl. Um, you know, and when I left Crawl Space, I decided that I was like, okay, I'm going to do 
a Spidey show my way. And so that's what started Spidey to experience. And, um, you know, we've, you know, we're still small potatoes. Our, our, our YouTube channel is not that big, but you know, overall in the network, we've got over 300 episodes. Oh yeah. I mean, it's amazing. I would have watched your episode the other night, but I was just so wiped. I, I always want to li- I mean, I listen to you and Kelly on replay on YouTube or with the mm-hmm. Patreon channel. Cause I know Brad does some Patreon episodes, which I've been part of the satellite and I love listening to the satellite, but sometimes it's like, I can't be up. I'm just, I get very tired. I mean, I have syncope. I, I, I always joke as like, you know, as the old joke is thir- the forties, the new 30, 50s, the new 40. But as I've gotten older, 9 PM cups of the new midnight <laughs> and i've been up yeah no and so forth. trust me as as a guy that um literally fell asleep one time uh because we were recording at two o'clock in the morning because brad oh, brad oh. will go used to and it's not i don't know if it's still as bad as it used to be but like there was one point where like we would start at nine and then we would do five shows in in one sitting and doing a five-hour recording at nine o'clock and you finish at two um it's brutal utterly brutal but yeah, one i was but, you know it was you, the thing was you were having so much fun mm-hmm. that that didn't matter like you're like oh, i do this once a month I, I, although i would joke with brad i was like i remember when we could do a full show in an hour and a half right <laughs> when there was like four of us or three of us you know when we first started by the way if you go back and listen to those old crawl space episodes those first like 20 or so episodes are pretty rough mm-hmm. um Mainly because, especially the first three, because Brad didn't uh, adjust his settings. And so you're hearing the feedback of, uh, you're hearing what he was hearing through his monitor speakers. Cause this was, I mean, this was way, I mean, again, 2006, podcasts were entirely limited to the Apple ecosystem. And even then it was very hard to get them gone. I mean, what I would do yeah. some days, I would put the podcast, either this one, and then I was part of the um, Avengers Assemble with uh, Juan Castro, you know, our wonderful inker who's done a lot of stuff in Al Stone. But yeah. you know, I would put it on in the background on a Sunday morning. I did, If I made church, I did my church duties or and I was at home, I would put it on because Sundays tended to be my only day off when I was single because I that's how it was. I was working almost all the time. But sometimes I'd be like, oh, this is rough. And I'm trying to do things on the computer while listening to, you to that or somebody else's podcast. And when I had my my old iPod, I just downloaded it. It was much easier, but it was still kind of rough. But, you know, as we got oh, yeah. later on, I could stream them nicely in the background and do that. And it was a nice and it was a nice feature. I, I completely agree. And it was one of those things where I really I just enjoyed I just enjoyed podcasting and, and then, you know, but doing my own thing, it, it's been very rewarding. Uh, do I miss crawl space at times absolutely i miss my friends i do um i miss the people that i helped the community that i helped you know create and grow and and foster um but i'm also really profoundly happy to be able to you know write my own ship and and you know i i've thanked brad profusely over the years um because there wouldn't be a spideydo.com without him uh encouraging me to keep going and, uh, you know, have more of a niche element to our site. And, you know, so I, without him, I, I'm, I don't know if I'm sitting here talking to you, Ryan, truthfully. Right. Oh, um, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have even gotten a podcast and wouldn't have been for Brad. I've told, I mean, when the episode he was, I told him it wasn't for him. I wouldn't have done it when I did the old, uh, going nowhere ones on the cosmic, you know, cosmic news network when they were early, early on before what it's become now and no shouts. Cause I do know, I still have some friends that work for the, 
the site, but right. it was amazing. I would never have done that without him. And I teach this now. I'm writing a book, a, a, a chapter book that's coming out later. This is our second time I've talked about on student podcasting. Brad does student podcasting at Joplin. I mean, we are working on building the broadcasting department at our own school. It's amazing how those small things have become now such a wide audience for you and me, you know, my son and all these other students. I mean, your daughter, I won't be surprised if she's not doing something like this in a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, I mean, smaller network mind you, but yeah. Yeah. No, my, my, my daughter, um, she, she is, there's a curiosity to it. Uh, she sees that dad does it and she's, you know, she's, she's six uh about to turn seven in may and um best thing i did was move down here finally um i we were 600 miles apart for five years and um like literally on the fifth anniversary of my divorce uh we got moved in here and it's been absolutely the best thing i did um you know i Everybody thinks it's weird because I get along with my ex-wife and my ex-wife and my wife are besties. Um, but it, I always say that's just an indictment on how our society has been because our society teaches us that we should, I should hate my ex-wife for what right. happened. And I won't get into details, but no, it's it, just like me with my ex. I don't go into things and I see her in town. Melissa talks to her. Her old, her, her youngest daughter, Melissa was her aide a couple of years ago. They've moved the next town. I still see them, but right. it, it's, it from where we ended up from. And I've never talked about, I mean, she's been mentioned many times on various things on too, but where we ended and where we are now, I think is a huge triumph to the fact that we can communicate and do that. I mean, it's my own, my own father, my mother, much better than they were many years growing up myself and remarriage. It's my stepmother. I love my stepbrother enough. I know we don't talk to her enough. And I know it sometimes is the taboo talked about that side of my family, but it's nice to see that because even him, my own father and my mother have said themselves when they divorced in the late seventies, early eighties, you know, like I said, I barely remember them being married that was a lot of things. Cause not only that, it's the effect it has on the extended part of the family, like the mother-in-law. Absolutely. You know, I, I you know, I, I've, I've told my, I literally told my ex-wife last week, I was like, I did a really good job making myself look like uh, the hero of mm-hmm. my own story. And, um, but the funny thing is, is, is I comedically, I, I make ex-wife jokes but I don't make an ex-wife joke that I'm not afraid to tell my ex-wife. Right. And if she laughs, that gauges the effectiveness of the joke. So, uh, because my, my, my ex-wife and my wife are like really pushing me to go, you know, (laughs) do it on, on, on an open mic night. Oh no. Because it, it can be pretty hysterically funny, but, and I won't, but I won't, I won't do it on this show. Cause I don't think it's the right audience for it, no, but, no. but you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I have gone through so much in the last 15 years that it's crazy to th- for me to think that my daughter now has an entire catalog of uh, almost a how I met your mother style story of, of you know, like my Spider-Man collecting fandom and how that related to my podcasting mm-hmm. ca- career, so to speak. And, and, and so it, it's crazy to me to think that I have a, I have that story that's really, really well documented. <laughs> um, 
And I'm just so thankful for, for my time with, with crawl space, but also, you know, I'm thankful for my current group of people that I have, you know, Kelly and, and Javi and Neil and Paul and Adam um, and uh, Brian as well. Uh, you know, and, and then we've got, like I say, we've got another show. We're going to have, I think, eight shows on the network now. Yeah. Uh, both that are completed and ongoing and uh, just really, really excited uh, to have those. Uh, and really two of them I have no active involvement with, but we have now developed a community where of shows where, you know, various fandoms get that, um, get that spotlight. And I'm super, super thankful for that. And I, I'm very thankful to you guys. Those do it too. Cause you know, it's so funny now it's like, I talked you know, and I talked this with my students too. It's very interesting how we have these communities where we can do the stuff like that. Like, you know, I can talk and stuff, you know, and it doesn't matter. It's here on the network over on crawl space or Spidey dude, or even once in a while we, you know, we say stuff here when we do our reviews, but it's so much nicer because it, it was such an isolation. I remember when I went back into comics, it felt so isolated. I, I had good friends and they actually wanted to borrow my comics. It was kind of funny them reading the clone saga. And then of course, Carl Kiesel's run on Daredevil, which I absolutely love. That was a Daredevil fan for so long. I still am to this day. And Green Lantern, even though it was the Kyle. Yeah, the Carl Kiesel run, a.k.a. not being uh, <sighs> uh, um, Frank Miller and him actually acting like, you know, not grim and gritty and, and actually being a little positive for, you know, once. It was the original Stanley and John Rita senior. Well, yeah, it, it, and it, it was done well before... Um, uh, Mark Wade, you know, came in and kind of revitalized whenever he did his his run. What in the, the mid teens, uh, mid twenty teens? Yeah, exactly. You know, everybody was like, "Oh, this is so fresh and so new," and he's so you know more upbeat. And I'm like, Carl Kitzel did it in the '90s, guys. Like, and this Joe is not Kelly the first ran time. Ran with that, even Joe Kelly said, "I'm going to add some more darkness," which he did. But he liked to keep that humor. And you would hear Daredevil make a joke, or there would be a thing. And especially when Joe Kelly at that day was just known for his Deadpool. And I keep telling people, it's like, if it would, I mean. The original creators, I may say, Fikman Nicarez and you know our our you know our favorite other artist here, who I've mentioned quite a few times on the podcast, they really set the tone for 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 Deadpool. It would have been for Joe Kelly, and then the fact for him going to Daredevil, you would I doubt you would have seen the popularity continued with Deadpool as well as starting to move that even to the Kevin Smith run of daredevil but then also as they went through that darkness how we came back to the light too which even chip savinsky has been doing on his current run too but once in a while Zdarsky's run has been really um pretty good and Zdarsky was very hot and cold with me on spider-man right I agree. but he really does fit well uh you know i it, they just announced he's writing batman i think that's a fabulous get for dc to, to get yeah, him i agree um, i'm shocked that marvel has not got him under exclusive rights but I also think that they were kind of being a little more lenient on the exclusive rights thing because of uh, the, the the Substack exodus of various creators leaving for Substack. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, but you know, it's it's funny because like I was I, w- I went on a huge rant yesterday uh, from when we were recording this. <laughs> where, part of it. <laughs> oh my! I, like I the comicsology. My thing, internet was just so bad last night. I couldn't even watch you guys. It, yeah, I'll let Zach continue. <laughs> uh, I, I, I Comixology just changed their app to where it's more like Kendall, and it's it is a awful thing for the consumers. And I, I I remember sitting back and I'm like, I've been commentating on comic stuff for 15 years, and this is one of the worst things that's happened for the consumer 
I agree with that in a long time. And I, I just think that when you, you had a good thing, you had a very stable store, a very stable app, a very stable uh, desktop store. And to try to maximize your profitability, you did something that's completely antithetical to the consumer. You done messed up a Ron, uh, AKA a- a- you've done messed up a- Amazon uh by uh by yeah. just really unfortunately slapping people in the face and making it harder for them to read comics yeah. as opposed to easier it's not a good thing uh people that are kindle readers don't necessarily want to try to use that same style and that same app in the um for comics they're just two different mediums you can't treat them as the same and uh, so, yeah, I went on a pretty lengthy 30 minute long rant about it. But, <laughs> yeah, it, it got me a little reflective going, oh, God, I have been doing this for over 15 years. And so, that thing, because people always ask me, too, is like, you don't. The, I mean, and it's, I get accused from professional. I'm like award winning book writing authors to say, right, you're the only person I know who not only reads so many of educational books for everything. You still get the paper version. A lot of people have gone digital, Kindle, whatever. And I said, there's a kind of a reason, but I'm not saying I don't, because I I have enjoyed a lot of digital. A lot of the ones I do before my review is already digital copy of the comic. We both know that too. I still get the hard copy. But when I, I, I mean, like I said, I briefly saw your stuff. The internet was just junk last night. But when you were doing it, I said, I know exactly what he's talking about. And I'm not disagreeing with him. I just think he'll say it, but we're not going to repeat on too. But I agree. You've just perfectly said you did a situation, which I don't feel is good to the consumer. And as a person yeah. who teaches consumer ed, and that is something I will be talking about for sure after spring break about platforms in the consumer, that is going to be an example of where I think even the kids who do read comics too, myself who have used comicsology, I'm expecting a couple of them are going to come talk to me probably in the next couple of weeks about this. So, but at the same yeah. time, this is why I never hundred percent went to the platform. Cause I was paranoid as somebody who also teaches marketing. And one of my biggest thing is marketing gone wrong. I was afraid this was going to happen someday. So I, I yeah, you were, you, and you were right. Yeah, you were right. I, but, I've, been, uh, I've been in this business way too long because I've worked in the business. I worked in the movie theaters. I worked in the magazines. I worked on the websites. I worked in theater. I worked for TV shows. I saw it on the wall. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of wives, uh, she just peeked her head in. So yeah, and that's uh, one thing too. And this is why you know when why I we have episodes like this. Um, why Zach and I just get into crazy fanboy talk and everything else too. But I think <laughs> I, this episode actually morphed into something extremely good between us talking about what I do as a business teacher and tech teacher, what we do as fans and everything else. So you know, yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm getting knocked over on here too. I love these episodes because you never know where they're going to go. But um, Zach, um, one thing I wanted, but uh, you know, as we get ready to wrap this up and make our wives very happy, and like I said, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Looking yes. at you, and I'm sure Melissa's probably thinking downstairs right now. We love you both, just so you know. We love you. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> love my wife very, very dearly. Um, but uh, what, what, um, what, what are some of the uh, besides uh, the new networks coming out for Spidey? Do what's some of the other things we can be looking for, especially with uh, May Day and Kelly? I'm hoping to have Kelly on here in a future episode too. But what we got so, going forward here, and uh, what are we hoping to see coming up for uh, for Spidey Dude as well as Zach? So I've got one interview that's um, in that's in the pipeline. So we'll have more interviews uh, between Spider Do Experience, and I'm hoping to get an interview with uh, the creators of Spider Girl again on uh, Make My Mayday. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have I, I mentioned I teased the the um, potential 
uh, guests that we'll have on Voices from the Erie, but they're, they're going to continue barreling forward um, on that. Uh, I've also uh, we've also started talking about maybe doing a um, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes podcast after uh, we we finish Gargoyles, but uh, they got a lot of stuff to cover on the Gargoyles side. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some more Spidey experience. We'll be wrapping up Beyond. Um, uh, it's about that storyline's about to wrap up, so that's yep. our second season. Uh, we'll be wrapping that up. We'll be wrapping up uh, the second season of Make My Mayday uh, with uh, finishing off the first volume, and then we'll start the next one. The new shows that are coming, um, and we'll be starting to launch those very soon. So it's uh, going to be a very, very busy rest of 2022. Uh, I certainly can say that. It sounds like we had some really good things going, but uh, Zach, just want to tell you, it, it's been amazing. You know, you know, you know what we've done, you know, friends in there. Thank you for also being there for me on many days too. And I know it's been, absolutely. Cra- it's been crazy Likewise. Too, the last couple of years. Thank you. Um, so, you know, thank you for everything else and uh, looking forward to what's coming up there. Hopefully I can maybe join you in one of these made it, you know, these made episodes. Cause I, I definitely know I would like to get my, especially once you wrap up the main original run before you get into the uh, event, uh, amazing spider girl and the spectacular spider girl runs. I'm hoping to join you guys for an episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd love to have you. And I, I'm hoping to have the Spider Girl website hopefully maybe up and running by June again. I I just it's just, it's a slow process, and I'm using Adobe Creative Crowd Express because I feel it finally tells what Spider Girl webpage should be here in 2022 versus when I started the original back in 1999. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can I can certainly. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. So yeah, keep me posted, and we'll uh, we'll promote your stuff as much as we can. So I really I really appreciate you having me on, and and. Uh, having a great conversation with me. Yeah, thank you so much, Zach, for being on. Everybody else, thank you for joining us on this episode. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed a lot of the talk we had from fanboys to consumer to education and more and uh, everything else. And uh, thank you, everybody, again, for joining us on the Pixel Classroom Podcast. And we will talk to you later. Thank you once again for listening to the Pixel Classroom podcast. Remember, you can find us all out and me on Twitter at Ryan7Reed or Herc78 on Instagram. If you like what you hear in this podcast, please think about subscribing as well as leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. That's all it's going to do for today's Pixel Classroom podcast. We will see you next time with another guest or wonderful reflection here on the Pixel Classroom podcast. Have a fantastic day. Yeah.